listening to Movie Fail Podcast. I'm Soren Howe, and I'm here with Ben Sack, uh, one of our guest contributors. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing Zootopia in our dueling review. But before we do that, um, just to give a little bit of background, the last time uh, Ben has contributed a few times to the site uh, over the course of his college career, uh, but um, we haven't actually spoken face to face, and I guess even now, um, for uh, for quite a few years. The last time I talked to him was probably um, in high school. So uh, I'd love to just catch up on where you are so you can maybe give the audience a little bit of idea of where you're coming from. Sure thing. Yeah. So um, we haven't talked probably since you were a senior in high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last time I wrote for Movie Fail was probably two or three years ago also. So a lot has changed. I am right. now a Bachelor of the Arts in ri- wow. writing for film and television, um, which I learned does not mean a heck of a lot in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I'm I'm living and working in Los Angeles, and uh, you know maybe I'll catch a break sometime in the next few years. Awesome. And so your your goal is to to be a screenwriter. That's the goal. Uh, well, that's the goal. We'll and see how that works out. So, in, in television or film or or either, it doesn't matter. Uh, film film preferably. I interned um, at a TV development company uh, my last semester of college, and I did not really like that world. Um, but, you know, I'll take what I can get. And if I have a great idea for a TV show, then it's not, not exactly the same thing. So, um, yeah, features ideally, but, you know, whatever I can get. Whatever you can get. All right, awesome. All right, so we have the perspective of somebody who's actually interested in the production side of things. Um, not that I'm not interested in it, but I don't have any sort of experience in it. It's not something that I um, have ever really, you know, gone after all that much, so. Yeah. Two different perspectives. I don't have any experience um, in it and, either, but I've read a lot of books. So. Well, <laughs> no, you're right, right, exactly. But your your goal was I was on the definitely on the academic side of uh, the film studies curriculum. Um, okay, so uh, Zootopia. So I want to get your opinion first because okay. um, just and I'll and I'll preface this with uh, the because I've read your I've read your thoughts on it. I'll preface this with I think Rotten Tomatoes said this was the highest rated film of the year so far. I mean, it's only. Um, March. Oh my god! But, um, okay. So people are really <laughs> they love it. Really digging the movie, and and from people I've talked to, a lot of people. But then again, I have met people who have your opinion, so I'd I'd love to hear it. Yeah, mine is definitely definitely the dissenting opinion. Um, <laughs> but okay, so I have strong feelings about this movie, uh, obviously, because I walked out of the theater and the first thing I did was ask you if I could write the review. Um, right. I so I had zero expectations. I had didn't even think about this movie at all my only exposure to it was like i don't know if they had these billboards where you were but they did some pretty clever marketing where it was like animals as brands so there was like lulu lemmings and it was like i don't know Mm -hmm. it was those are in the movie too. it was funny yeah so that i saw the posters around and and i was like okay that'll be another silly disney movie because you know it's 2016 not all animated movies are awesome anymore so um (laughs) I went, Disney's had a good track record. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, I went. It was like, I'm gonna go to the movies. We'll see. We'll see what's playing. It was that sort of situation, um, mm-hmm. and I walked out with this sense of rage, <laughs> because, <laughs> and and it was anger that I was trying to sort out in my own head, and I was figuring out if I was the one who was wrong or if they were the one who was wrong. I, you know, my girlfriend was with me and we had a, like a long discussion over dinner about, about this movie because what it does is it, is it sends a social message, right? This is a social justice movie. There's, there's no doubt about it. Mm. And I don't agree with the way that that was done. However, I don't want to be the guy who's faulting a movie that, tries over a movie that doesn't try at all you know what i mean mm-hmm. but then the more i thought about it the more i i landed upon this conclusion that this might not have been a situation where they tried and failed to send a proper social justice message this might have been a situation where they intentionally sent a poor social justice message in order to get you know the the clicks and the social justice credibility without actually offending anyone whether it be the people who are wrong or not so that's where i stand on this and you know obviously i have no proof of of that assertion but uh that's that's on the social justice issue um apart from that 
this movie has the the simplest logline in the history of animated film. Someone walked into a pitch room and said, it's a movie about talking animals. And then John Lasseter was like, yes, <laughs> wow, <laughs> amazing. And like, I don't the the city is just like animal pun. And Disney did the same thing with Wreck-It Ralph, where it was like, it's a movie about video games. We're just going to make all the video game puns we can, and that'll be the funny part of the movie. But then, then they ran out of those, so they started making candy puns for some reason. Um, so this movie is just like, you know, there's there's billboards all over Zootopia that's like funny 21st century buzzwords that are made to be animal puns, like, you know, Zoogle and Zuber. And a lot of it lands, and there were some really good moments, but a lot of it was just, was just silly to the point where you know, it, it just doesn't seem well thought out or like it had a reason to, to exist in the final film. Oh, so, so what, what was, what was your impression? That is, um, well, diametrically opposed. Let's just get cool. That so this way. should be a good podcast um, then. It should, it should, but, um, it, I, I will say, that, uh, at the onset, I, I do agree that I also had no expectations going in. Um, I saw, let's see, I saw the initial teaser, which was just, um, uh, Jason Bateman's uh, Fox character, uh, Nick Wilde, tripping uh, Judy Hopps, um, who is played by uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Right. Um, and so uh, that wasn't, you know, that was just, you know, that didn't imply anything about anything. Like, <laughs> the movie could have been anything at that point. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think it was the, the Sloth tra- trailer. I saw the Sloth trailer. It was really funny. Right. Also the funniest part of the movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't seen the Sloth trailer, you're planning on seeing Zootopia. Don't watch it beforehand. I will say it did sort of. Um, I I would say if you're seeing the movie for jokes, yes, that 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 probably was uh, the funniest scene in the movie. But I I think the movie's pretty consistently funny, and also I think the value of the film is more than just its humor. Um, but it's just so funny because uh, I mean, a lot of I've I've seen people like I said who have uh, come away from it. I think it was even uh, in a review on, uh, it might have been Matt Zoller's sites on uh, on RogerEbert.com. I, I don't remember, but I, I think it was somebody on RogerEbert.com who said, you know, the big problem with this movie is that, it, it, you know, for all of what it does, it, you know, three different people could go in and come out with three different opinions about uh, what message it was trying to send. And so in the end, it doesn't really make any moral stance, take any moral stance on these issues uh and then i've seen people who have um uh not to put words in his mouth but josh who's also a writer for our site i believe also had a uh took some issue with the uh the metaphors in the movie which mm-hmm. we can i think we should discuss yeah i think, I think so too i think this is th- this is the meat of the the matter right um uh i will say this reading your review made me absolutely furious <laughs> Oh my god! I, I didn't actually. It didn't actually. I just needed to. I needed to uh, um. communicate that. Um, but yeah, no. So I. Uh, it's. It really comes down to. I think. And then you know you. you I mean, the allegations as to whether they were trying to hop on a bandwagon or not. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I. I usually don't find that to be substantive. But what I. Um, I, I also don't think is that there's any evidence that the, there's not attention. I mean, this. This movie. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that attention to detail was a fine point in the film. I mean, like, yes, animal puns, and I am a sucker for puns, I, I, as anybody who listens to our podcast will know. Um, I'm all about them. Uh, but that was not the selling point of the movie for me. For me, the uh, especially in the humor, I mean, the, the visual gags... Um, so just two quick examples. I mentioned one in, in my written review, which is, uh, you know, when... <laughs> Uh, Judy leaves her hometown, which is mostly rabbits. Uh, the p- population sign on the billboard, uh, you know, as she's leaving, keeps going up because you know they're rabbits. Yeah, no. um, and it, it's it's not a pun; it's just a simple joke, and there's no real point in it. But it's just kind of uh, funny, especially since um, it's sort of a reverse of the you know small country town where someone leaves and the population drops to zero. This was the inverse of that, where. Um, it's going up, you know, exponentially. And then, you know, the other visual gags, like, you know, the, the, they're handing out whatever slurpees or milkshakes or whatever at a, uh, and, and giraffes are able to get them through these like shoots. It's not really funny. It's just kind of cool. 
uh, and then uh, so they get them through these shoots because the people serving them are too short to give them the the milkshakes. But then the little animals are able to come up and get their um, and get their drinks and just like it, everything seems to be you know have this sort of attention to detail in terms of size and how if animals were to run a city how they might sort of you know manipulate and change things to fit all these different and I, to me I was just it was fun seeing the all these little things that weren't necessary especially I mean I don't know how many animated movies you you've sat through but I've seen like almost almost all of them all the way up. that's for sure yeah right right and you see these movies especially from you know smaller studios and it's not their fault I mean oftentimes it's a budgetary thing but they just don't pay attention to things no, like that and to me like Zootopia felt so lived in I could see any you know, story without even these main characters take off because the the environment itself felt so, you know, organized and real. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to me, I, I really appreciate that. So as, as far as attention to detail is concerned, I actually do think that was it's one of its um, biggest selling points. I think so too. And, and honestly, I think the biggest achievement of this movie is that they were able to take um, a, a pitch which really doesn't have anything in it that would make anyone want mm. to see a movie or sit through a movie or make or make a movie <laughs> in the first place and and make it you know entertaining and funny like this is a movie about talking animals in a city where like all animals live and there's no specificity in that everything that they teach you about writing scripts in film school is like you know find a specific character a specific reason a specific function to write this movie and then here's disney and they're just saying yeah it's animals on earth and they speak and well, okay. So I can imagine the elevator. I can imagine the elevator uh, pitch was something along the lines of buddy cop movie with animals. But I can also see them saying, "We want to tell. This is the message we want to send. What's a sort of, you know, archetypal storyline we can sort of, uh, you know, sew it up with." I, I don't know what the process, creative process yeah, was. And I, but I, you know, I cannot sort of imagine a, that they started knowing they were going to make a movie with a with a social justice message. I cannot imagine that that is how we ended up where we ended up because I feel like... But it's the preface for the whole story. I mean, it's the whole preface of everything from Judy's, you know... But the plot... It gives her her struggle. <laughs> it gives her her... The plot and Judy being a police officer and, and all of the events of the story are the worst part of Zootopia. The best part is stuff that's happening in the background and those visual gags that you were talking about. Like, you know, the, the, direct, the, the first time we get to Zootopia, there's a... Um, we're in like Grand Central Station or whatever, and and there's mm. a giraffe coming up the escalator, and you see his head like way before you see the rest of his body. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's hilarious. Like I would so watch like a twenty minute supercut of like all of the scenes in Zootopia that don't have the main characters in them. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's just. It's, I mean, so here's the thing about the movie, and and so you know, we know the tropes of the buddy cop movie. Where there's a guy and he's got a partner and maybe the partner died. He had an old partner and died and so he's sort of a loose cannon. Yeah. And then at some point gets rid of his badge and then at the end comes back and they're like super cops. And like that's the premise of like Lethal Weapon and all these movies, right? Um, I I would argue the difference here – and I'm not, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's better than Lethal Weapon or you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just – I think what's unique about this and why I don't know how they made the movie and I don't know what their creative process was, I do think that there was – a conscious decision to, I mean, what motivates the characters through those plot beats, which, you know, not to ruin anything, but they do happen, is fundamentally tied to the thematic arc of the story, where I don't usually see that in something like, in, you know, in usual, you know, in Rush Hour or all these, like, silly cop movies. Right. Um, and I think that it felt so intentional. Every part of the movie felt intentional. And it, it felt like there was constant reminders throughout the movie that, um, because there's such a diversity of animals and, and of the population that the fundamental conflict between predator and prey uh, was always at the forefront of my, even in those non-plot visual gags and visual... Except except for the fact that the, motifs. you know, if this is a cop movie, there's supposed to be, you know, a, a crime worth solving that's interesting or unexpected or... You know, but even the crime relates directly to the to the theme. That's what I'm. Saying. But it, her reason for becoming a but cop. But it was the reason silly. for their split. <laughs> the reason for the. Yeah, no, it, and it definitely does. But if you're judging this on criteria of of cop movies, it's really not worth its salt at all. Like even cop comedies, like even like Blue Streak, 
has a better like crime happening than in Zootopia. You know, this is like the most simple like government conspiracy nonsense, and then it's filled with these silly plot turns. Where and and I don't know how spoiler friendly we are on the podcast. Oh, the the podcast is fine. Okay, so things like um, they're eating the blueberries, and then he has the blueberry and mm. puts it in the gun at the end of the film. Um, mm. Those things bug me so much because <laughs> those are just that's like if you make a sweater and it's got like a bunch of holes in it. Those things are the threads that you go back in at the end and you start like tying random holes up to make it seem more complete. That's just stuff that a screenwriter added in because they were like, this movie seems disjointed, like make it sound better. And that's not a good police movie. You know, it's, it, I, I saw that's everything so funny. Coming. That, that whole moment. I, first of all, I admit how many times have we seen that? basic idea happened a in million movies and i still fell for it i Did you? still <laughs> fell for it yeah because well i wasn't i thought he was being a little weird i was like oh he just doesn't look like he's like what's going i'm very confused by what's going on right now right and then i was like oh right blueberries <laughs> i was a little embarrassing but um let's let's get to the let's get let's to, get to it yeah we got we got to get to this yeah. the, we've been dancing around <laughs> it and i think i think it's becoming less and less clear what the hell we're talking about so um okay let me let me start let me start again i'll let you start okay i'll I'll let you start just to all right so uh when i when i started um you know i decided i was gonna go see this movie i i I googled the movie the first thing that comes up well the first thing that comes up is an autofill that says uh is zootopia for furries but ignoring that um (laughs) the first thing that come up came up with can i wait wait can i just say that finding images for this review uh was extremely difficult and i was on google just searching all i typed in was zootopia large images don't do that oh my god just heads up don't do and i i swear to god every movie i've ever looked up even if there is that sort of realm of the internet it doesn't show up like in number five in the google search images it was really difficult it's all just fan art and then oh fan my god. art. you know so all right, anyway, all right. <laughs> leaving <laughs> leaving that part of the internet alone um the right. first thing that showed up on my google results was was an article on uh some site i'd never heard of um called yes disney made a movie about white supremacy and the war on drugs so mm. of the very few expectations i had going in that was one of them and so I expected to go in and while watching the film, be able to figure out who the major players were if this was a metaphor for white supremacy and the war on drugs. And maybe I was tainted by the fact that I read that. I didn't even read the review. I read the headline for the review before I went in. But as I'm watching, I just kept asking myself like, okay, is this group the black community? Is this group the black community? Which, which one? There's so many things going on and it's also jumbled up so like we start and we have judy hops and she's a cop and her parents are like you can't be a cop there's never been a bunny cop and i'm like okay she's black i get it <laughs> and then <laughs> and then that's just not the case at all and like even to the point where like the mayor comes out and it's like we're having a what does he call it? he's like we're having like a prey outreach police bro he's like we're trying to have more small animals become cops to like better right, reflect right, our right. community and she walks into the police station and the guy calls her cute and she's like um bunnies can call each other cute but you can't call us cute and it's mm-hmm. like okay so all right so fine great i i know what i'm expecting going forward is that you know she's going to somehow take down you know, this ring of white supremacy right mm. turns out she's the white supremacist <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> you know the the prey who she is a group of are the ones perpetrating the war on drugs i guess right um and then predators who i thought were going to be the oppressing group in this metaphor are cl- clearly delineated as being the minority the the sheep um lieutenant right. governor comes out and is like prey make up 90 percent of this community it's time we had our say and it's right. so if they're the minority and they're the ones who the the war on drugs metaphor is being perpetrated against, then why are they the ones in power? The mayor is a lion and all the pol- most of the police are large predators. And then lastly, if, <laughs> if you're going to make a movie with messages about how, about how 
the powers that be in America have treated un- underrepresented minorities, then don't make your main character a police officer who saves the day and don't have no police officers in the movie do anything wrong because they don't. <laughs> so that's where I'm left in terms of well, the metaphor. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so this is the problem, and this is the the, uh, the, 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 the debate I had with Josh. Um, and again, I really don't want to speak for him because he's not here, but it was the same debate I had with him. Uh, very briefly, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it comes down to is um, how we're understanding the metaphors. And so I, I, I think what people first of all, I didn't go in with any presuppositions. The most I got was also from Josh, who said, "I'm really excited for this movie. I got some hints in the, tr- you know, I it looks like it's going to be really deep or something." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because I had seen the sloth trailer, so I was like, "What do you what?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "Well, there was this throwaway line about cute, like that's our, you know, cute, that's our word." And I uh, said, "Oh, interesting." So there's going to be some, maybe some identity politics. That is most I had. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, the war on drugs part, as sad as this is, I didn't go that far with it. I was just thinking about, um, you know, disproportionate arrests and things in the police. Uh, disproportionate arrests. In I mean, you have a drug police in the movie. You have a drug being manufactured by the right. government and then implemented against a, <laughs> against a certain group of people in order to start a public opinion war. So, I think Again, I think it's so, pretty clear what they were right, going okay, for. Right. Okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's not part of the movie at all. I'm I'm not even trying to make sure. that, that claim. So, I'm just saying but going into it, so just to give you a little bit of preface, my mom's the kind of person who goes in trying to guess everything that happens in the movie and she's very good at it and she can predict pretty much everything in a film and I hated that so much growing up because she was always right she wasn't spoiling it because she didn't know she was just telling me (laughs) what she thought was going to happen and she was always right and so like i could probably do that too i think i don't know i've never you know tried to wield that power but i don't want to so i put on my like naivete glasses when i go and see a movie Mm -hmm. to try and get into it as much as possible sometimes it's not even even that can't save a movie uh, you know, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Uh, so, so I think uh, going into this, I was it was very clean slate, except for the identity politics. So, the first thing I thought, just to give you a little bit of uh, flip, is the first thing I thought is, oh, Judy Hopps. Uh, she's small. She's never. She's not often. On, you know, they're they're not really represented on the police force, uh, and she's assaulted by a big dude early on in the 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 story, uh, a fox. And I instantly, and by the way, this movie opens with like predators and prey used to be enemies, but now they live together. Like that was the the thing that starts. Which was terrible, by the way. Set up. Terrible way to start. Well, well, it's interesting because it sets up the dichotomy and then the rest of the movie, I think, does all these weird things. If you came into my screenwriting class and said, I'm going to start the movie with a school play that gives you five minutes of exposition, I would tell you to walk out the door. (laughs) You're so harsh. Okay, listen. I think it's important, especially in a, I mean, a, for a kid's movie, if they're going to get any of it, I don't know how much they got out of it. I think this was a good way to start it just because the metaphor does shift throughout. And I think that's the part that people are, you know, uh, where the contention mm-hmm. is, is that people are feel like it, this was the metaphor and then it didn't adhere to that. And so it didn't work or like it was offensive because it made the white cop, the the, <laughs> the white cop, the, the hero of the story. Like, what is that? Or, uh, you know, so... So I went into the movie, I saw there was this intro part, and then there was Judy Hopps, who gets assaulted by this bigger guy, and is little, and all the rest of it. And I thought, uh, and she's and she's female, importantly female, and uh, she, I was assuming this was a gender thing. I thought they were doing a gender thing. I had no clue. And all the way up into the police station, uh, where again, you're like, you know, she, you, you thought she was black. The cute thing, t- to me, that patronizing sort of off casual uh comment is casual sexism that's what i thought it was was going on okay so so for me the whole first part of that movie was all about uh, gender and so and then later in the movie we get these these racial and so i i think what it comes back to is and i'm not in no way denying the the racial connotations of the film too they're absolutely prevalent and i do acknowledge that there is a fundamental problem with uh even with the mixed metaphor of making if you're going to make predators analogous to the black community, now you've introduced like the super predator theory from the 1990s and 
you've like you've done something weird there because there's something about with predators and actual animal predators there is a biological predisposition to be violent right. like that's the way nature works and then if that's like well if they're black then is that you know are you trying to make sorry, what are you trying to say about that community and now you've messed that up but to me in the very beginning when that uh tiger assaults uh judy I thought they were making a point about men and aggression and biology. And so, like, to me, this whole movie was very different. And so, uh, and then it shifts. And so I think really, just again, coming back to it, I think predators don't represent any particular group. They represent different groups throughout the movie. It's they're their own, in this universe, predators are both men and black sometimes, and also this and also that. And it's not a black and white issue. <laughs> it's not black and white. It's not a clear-cut issue. Um, because, I mean, even later, like I, I, like I mentioned in my review, um, the deputy mayor, Bellwether, uh, Jenny Slate, uh, is, like, they touch her hair, and yeah. it's this thing that is very, very well-known uh, thing in the black community, but if she's supposed to be the white character, then that doesn't make any sense. So, again, I don't think it's as simple as just these characters are these represent this group. And this. I think in this world, they're trying to tackle a bunch of different issues using this metaphor, which, you know, maybe does or doesn't work, but um, it, it's not meant to be this, just this is this, and, you know, A is B and, and C is D kind of thing. But I, I just... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it totally does, and, and I see how, um, you know, we could have different views of it going with in the with fluidity. it. Yeah, but so my biggest issue with it is not that it's, you know, going to offend anyone, but that it's going to be ineffective at teaching anyone the right thing to do which if you're going to make a movie like this i feel like that's at least one of your goals is to have kids walk out of the theater and you know think think before they act about doing mean things to people who are different than them mm. right and i'm just not sure that that any of that came across because at every point in this movie someone is in the wrong you know and, and in the wrong in a systemic way whether it's predators or, or prey and maybe that's a, a good message, but if if I was gonna say if me at you know I I'm a college educated movie going individual if I'm walking out of that theater and and I don't understand what the message was then I can't imagine what a child walking out of that theater really could possibly get out of it aside from the obvious which was you know like bullying is bad and sometimes the government is evil I guess. Like, I'm just not sure if, if you mix the metaphors that much that there's any power in them left at all. And that's where, you know, that's the allegation that I was making at the beginning in, in, in my introduction was that I think that could have been a, a purposeful decision because, I mean, if you look at the public reaction to this movie, it's mostly positive. You know, uh, Rolling Stone, Peter Travers at Rolling Stone caused it, called it the most subversive movie of the year. Um, there's an article in Vox that says this is the best animated movie about prejudice and police brutality, which, first of all, it's not about police brutality. But Yeah, that was probably the one thing it was about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's – so what it's, what's happening is the public is like, yes, social justice. But in the film, it really doesn't cast blame on anyone, which is, I think, what Disney meant to do. So that way they don't get police unions coming out and – protesting their theme parks and you don't get black mm. lives matter activists coming out and saying we're going to boycott your movie what they created was a movie that's about social justice that somehow manages to do the very thing that social justice literally cannot do by definition which is uh, appease every interest group see but i don't think it's i think it's bringing up issues not groups and i think that's the part that's maybe a little lost on, but if you bring up an and, issue, and, if you bring up an issue like black people are more aggressive based on their biology, and that's a tool, that's a propagandistic well, okay. tool that the government is going to use to oppress this community, and they very specifically call on that issue, and they very specifically call on the issue of crack cocaine in the black community, and they very specifically call on even smaller issues about like microaggressions. And so if you're going to bring up those issues, then you have to do it alongside the, the larger context. And you can't just move it into a world where everyone's fuzzy animals and hope that the rest of that 
you know, the hard part about teaching that lesson doesn't come into play. But see, this is, this is my, so there's uh, three caveats. The first is I think a simple, if it really was just predators or not even predators, you probably wouldn't be able to do this if you were going to do a black, you know, again, cut and dry sort of metaphor. Right. Um, but let's say it was like sheep, let's just say sheep and, um, otters. Yeah. They have no animosity towards each other. Right. Sheep are white and otters are black and you made a movie like, then you have, you know, the, uh, what is it? The sneeches. Yeah. You know, the, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I, I, I really don't think that that's the way to do it. It's a great, I mean, by the way, I love, don't get me wrong. I love the sneeches. (laughs) Uh, although the ones with the stars are better than the other ones, but um, I I don't have a problem with the sne- with uh, Doctor Seuss's the Sneetches. It's just very uh, there's nothing more there. It's as simple as a prejudice story, which is fine, uh, and there's not you can make a movie like that. Um, but I, you know I'm trying I was trying to think of another movie to compare this to, and this is my second point, which is um, I think maybe Mulan is a good comparison because uh, there's another movie where there's a very simple basic you know, lesson about family and honor and duty and, you know, being a woman uh, and then still, you know, doing the things that Mulan does in that film to end up saving all of China, right? And so that's a very simple um, story, but, like, there's so much in that movie about gender roles that it's amazing. Um, And I think that, so I think that this movie contributes that basic moral of you could come out of it just going like bullying is bad and you shouldn't single out a, sing- a specific group of people because the fox was nice so you shouldn't um, and that is I think what most kids will get out of the movie and I think that's fine um, but I think that for adults to parse through it and I think it's good that people are confused and are are having conversations about it I, I mean I also just want to point out that I didn't have this I mean there was some conversations about Frozen I didn't have this conversation about Tangled very few, if any, people had this conversation about Wreck-It Ralph. I saw some people trying to make that clip, but it, really not. Like, this is fairly remarkable for uh, an animated movie, a Disney movie. Uh, and I think there's so much nuance, and it's it's really interesting in that regard. And then the third thing I'll say is just, you know, you're you're also coming from a basic premise that the movie needs to teach kids something, and I don't know that it does, or that it was made necessarily for kids, uh, I view all animated movies as made for me, <laughs> and for me, it was great. So, <laughs> all right, I um, I just want to say one last thing on this subject, and yeah, and that's um, you brought up Mulan, which is I think a, a a good comparison because it's a good example of a subversive movie, and you know that was the headline of the of the Rolling Stone review, um, and it seems to be part of a, of the larger public opinion is that this was a subversive film, and I think yeah, it, I hate that word. Yeah, in, in order to qualify for that is. It has to be one thing on the surface and then another thing on 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 a deeper level. And Mulan is a great example because yeah. it's a movie about, you know, t- taking back China from the from who's the enemy? The Mongols? I'm not the sure. The Huns. The Huns, right? The Huns. Um, yeah. But you know, then you get all of this deeper information about gender roles. So a a young woman watching Mulan will come out of that movie feeling empowered. I think Zootopia traffics in subversion as its surface level plot you know they they went into this movie saying we are going to take all of these popular buzzwords that you know people love to see in a film because the media at large will talk about us if we bring up race and gender in our movie and what was left on a deeper level was pretty much nothing it was pretty vacant so that's that's the last thing that I want to say on the uh, on the issue of the of the race metaphors. I do have. Yeah, I mean. Go ahead. Uh, right, right. Well, I just I just want to say I I don't like the the term subversive. Um, I would say maybe maybe for Mulan, but in general, I just it's just it's an easy it's an easy throwaway, and then you have to explain it. And you know, most you know everyone who said, uh, I think I might have said this. Ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> okay, in a review, I think I might have said that about Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't. I might have changed it. I might have edited it later because I was so pissed with myself. Oh my god! It's not subversive, right? It's just it's. It just is. Or Deadpool, right. which we just talked about, right? It just is, and it's fun. Like it's okay to be fun without being subversive. Like it doesn't. But subversive means it's it's you know if you're gonna say it's subversive about something about what and then how is it really changing those things. I would say if it really uses these mixed metaphors, it does kind of subvert itself over and over again as it changes that metaphor throughout. Um, you know, 
if it's men or if it's you know race or if it you know if it's gender or if it's race or if it's this or it's that uh police and citizens and rural and urban and all these different things going on in the movie um in that regard maybe but i, I don't know i just yeah I, subversion is not not the term i would use but i do think that the metaphor is it's really complex and interesting and allows for them to explore like they can give a microaggression like major issue you know the hair touching thing uh they can give it to one group or the other because their metaphor is not locked down i think that's right. kind of cool because it it just it's a different version of our world where like that happens to white people but you know this happens to black people and this happens to women but this happens to men and it's just it, it, to me it's just kind of a cool sort of alternate version of our our reality but it still forces us to look at these things uh in a little bit more I don't know. Just it's it it, ca- it generates discussion. I think there's there's some value in that. Fair enough. Um, but was there there was you said there was something else that you wanted to? Yeah. Um, so moving moving away from from that part of the film, I, I had some other issues uh, with the movie as a whole. And let let me just clear up my stance. It it, it is a good film. Like I laughed, and you know I was <laughs> I was into it. Like, but you know by the standards of of movies as a whole, you know this is ranking somewhere you know in the top percentiles it's they do a lot of things really well and it's disney so i i expect them to you know it's post chicken little disney so i expect them to (laughs) um however it it suffers from an issue that and and this is um sort of an issue i have with filmmaking especially filmmaking for the children's demographic as a whole um Mm. and that's that in kids' movies, we always end up with this tonal mixture where it's not, not a comedy and it's not a drama. And for some reason, in animated movies, people think that's okay. And so what we end up with is these films like Zootopia and you know, like a lot of other animated movies where they, they make jokes sometimes and then there are scenes that are all jokes, like the sloth scene, which was a hilarious scene. But then we get to the third act and we suddenly have all this plot to unravel and we don't make a single joke the entire time. And my issue is that what you remember coming out of a film is, you know, a scene, three scenes, moments that touched you in some way, right? Mm -hmm. So the movies that I remember best are the movies with the highest number of those scenes. So my go-to examples are always like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Princess Bride, Mm -hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Movies where every scene is genius in some way or the other, but not necessarily the best connected movies, right? Not necessarily movies that have the best through lines or strongest plots. I think a lot of people felt that way about The Dark Knight, and that's one of the reasons I have. You know, it has these amazing scenes. Exactly. And I don't feel like yeah, it's and and you well, can use that for comedies as as well as dramas. And you look at Zootopia, and anyone could have seen the script for Zootopia and seen that the strongest part of this movie was these sight gags, like the the um, you know, the scene with the sloths was hilarious, and then also the scene um, where Nick buys the the jumbo pop. And then melt it down oh, into the smaller. Great. Excellent, like beautiful. So I'm gonna in five years, you'll ask me what I remember about Zootopia. I'll remember talking to you, and I'll remember those two scenes. But the last 35 minutes of this movie, where we're unraveling this needlessly complicated plot, and we're seeing like Breaking Bad references, which was weird. It did we? Yeah, yeah. There was the the drug lab, and there was like a elephant or something in there and then some people knock on the door and he's like walter and jesse are here and he's wearing like an orange jumpsuit it was stupid oh i totally missed that i didn't realize it was a i didn't i didn't hear the walter and jesse part i didn't even connect it was it. dumb anyway so like they it, it's this problem where it's like these movies forget their comedies you know halfway through and and i think it's something that you know does is isn't necessary well i think so i think there's two things here first of all i'm very anti-genre uh, <laughs> so I took a, I took a, uh, this is going to sound so, people are going to hate this, okay. but I don't care. Okay. I took a class uh, a few years ago um, called, it was like film genre and style. Classes make you smarter, so and, it's cool. Keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they can't make you smarter, but it's also like, well, I took a class and now I don't like genre anymore. <laughs> it's not a thing for me, but it's not, it's not that. So I am a scientist, right? That's what I do for a living, uh, partially. 
And so, um, you know, I like taxonomy. I like sorting things. I like boxes uh, and I like, you know, whatever. So uh, for a long time, I was really obsessed with genre. I thought it was very important. So I was like, Star Wars isn't sci-fi because of X, Y, and Z, but Star Trek is because of X, Y, and Z. And that's why J.J. Abrams would be better for this and not yeah. that. And I wrote like, you know, articles and it was just uh, this article I mean, this uh, this this um, class really broke me of that habit. It forced me to, uh, in through debates with my professor over whether or not um, you know you can classify this or that as a genre. And he started having us class. You know, is this a chair? How do you define a chair? You know, does this qualify as a chair? Is this a book? You know, that, that kind sounds of thing. like college. And so eventually, <laughs> right, right, it's college, right, exactly. And he was very good at it. It sounds so like you know like a movie, but it really was. It was quite good. And by the end of it, I was just like, you know, there are aspects of things that you'll find in it. And so for me, a good story, I actually don't like jo- uh, drama films, for example, that don't have any humor in them. I-, I like to have humor in them. Now, that may not be the focal point, but I like it. And it. So then it's like, well, it's got all these jokes. Like, for example, 300 is not a drama. It's sort of an action movie, right? But it's got all these funny moments. Is that a comedy? What about a, a Quentin Tarantino movie? Is that a comedy or is it a a thriller or is it a, you know, it's like, it's, you get to that point. And so for me, it's like, did it forget it was a comedy? I mean, so that's a side point. It's just that I, you know, I don't really feel like it boxed itself in there, but leaving that aside, I, and I don't know if a child would feel this way. I don't know what children feel like. Um, I mean, it was never a child growing up. Uh, I was so enraptured with the unraveling of the plot that like, I missed the Breaking Bad reference and I've seen all of Breaking Bad. I know this, this series very well. Um, like, but this entire thing I missed because I was like, "Oh man, what's going on with this this gun and this these darts things? What's what?" Um, so I totally missed that. So I wasn't worried about the the humor, and I was also pulled by the emotional through line, which we haven't even talked about. But I I think the two main characters are really fun together. I think Judy and Nick are really. Uh, I, first of all, I think they're beautifully animated. Definitely, Judy. yeah, and. Um, there's so much nuance to them that they really feel so real in so many ways. Every little twitch and eye movement, and eye, you know, it's just very particular. We get this amazing scene early in the movie where Judy is, you know, sort of having a rough day at work, and she comes home and she's in her apartment, and there's this ridiculous montage where she has to like make this like dinner for one. And it's like a carrot or something like a sad carrot. Oh, that was that and was then Her parents call and want to know how her day, you know, how her her life is going, and it's awful, and she has to put on a happy face like. There's so many people in my age group who knows exactly what that feels like. And so there's there's so much that builds up to the relations with her, you know, our relationship with her. And then I really fell for the relationship between her and Nick, their friendship. And when they get back together, I mean, of course, you know it's coming. I knew it was coming. But when she, like, hugs Nick, you know, under the bridge, mm-hmm. it, like, to me, that that was, like, that gave me the, the staying power for the last whatever. That's the beginning of the third act. That gave me the staying power for that. So by that point, I wasn't really caring if you know we saw more jokes or, or gags or whatever. I was I wanted to see how this got all you know all of this got resolved. I might have been ruined by my screenwriting education, but I do the same thing. I do the same thing that you said your mother does, which is I watch and especially animated movies. I, I watch the first ten minutes and I predict in my head what's going to happen in the rest of the oh, film. Oh God! And I'm. I'm right. So not fun. I'm right 99% of the time. Um, it's only 99% because I was wrong about Inside Out, which was a surprising film with a surprising ending. But that's funny because I thought that was a fairly predictable. That's film, funny. Right, yeah. So um, <laughs> I I know going in what's going to happen, and I know when it's going to happen because it always happens at the same time in the movie. And I think that's you know information. Well, as soon as you know it's a buddy cop movie, you know it's going to exactly happen. Like, exactly. That's not the joy of this movie. So the joy of this movie is how it happens, not what happens. Right, but for me, I don't think that. So, in a buddy cop movie, right, we're going to have two um, people who are uh, opposed at first. They have they have major right, differences. Of one of them is going to have stronger morals than the other one. We're going to have them you know, work together and then be broken apart at the end of the second act, but then some greater oppressive force is going to bring them back together to save the day. Fine. Those are beats that you have to hit in the movie and then you have to earn them by making characters who, you know, can have relationships that that will justify those plot points. And there's the moment that Nick goes from um, disliking Judy to liking Judy was... During it was right in the middle of the second act. They were seeing the um, jaguar, and then the jaguar right. goes savage, and he's on the bridge, and, right. and he, she's you know it's cliche. She's like dangling by one arm, and he has to like de- right, right, decide right. whether or not to save her. 
and he decides to save her and i did not believe it and so for me the the rest of their relationship was sort of like okay we rushed the part where he started to like her and i didn't buy the remainder of the film and that's maybe why i was removed when you know when we did the last 40 minutes but yeah but see so i was in that moment i was like oh they're gonna do i actually had the same thought during that moment but that scene is longer than that remember after that we get to see the police force and how they've treated judy right and i think that is exactly what nick sees and that is really where i mean yeah okay so he he liked her enough to save her life uh, and I think he appreciated the fact that she had tricked him multiple times now, which is not something I think that happens to him very often. Um, so those two things, I think, were, uh, you know, uh, were factors. But it was how the police were treating Judy, like she was crazy, like she didn't know what she was doing, like she wasn't, uh, it, you know, it, it was something he related directly to. And we get that overtly later where he goes, oh, you know, back when I was a kid, that's what happened to me, you know, and, um, but but we before that happened it's not we see that and then that happened we see the the his reaction first to this sort of ostracism and i think that based on her biology right her identity and that is what attached and i saw that before you know they didn't to be honest they didn't have to do the flashback to when he was like just cuz you could sense it in that moment um, oh they did do that flash i totally forgot about that that's garbage yeah they do it's very brief. garbage it's very flashback brief. Oh, they go bad. Oh, they go. He's like a Boy Scout, and he's getting like a picked on by his Boy Scout. Oh, screw that! I forgot all about that. That's but but like I said, I mean, again, I don't mind that. I don't mind that flashback because, I, I mean, I, perhaps it wasn't necessary. But I don't. Is think, that when that happens? I think it's, it was it's right there on the bridge. Is that when that happened? I think it was communicated on the bridge. Wait, when the flashback? when does the flashback happen? It happens when they're on the tram thing when they leave. Oh. When he's like opening up to her. Yeah, it's still garbage way to give your character backstory. Don't if you're <laughs> if you're an aspiring writer and you're and you're listening to this podcast, don't it, do that. But again, it's not like they open the movie with two different characters each experiencing oppression. They showed his, you know, clearly something happened to him at some point in his life that caused him to become like a hustler for a living. Clearly, there was a reason that he didn't just. There were any number of reasons he could have just left. Um, Jude, I mean, yeah, the, the voice recording was a thing, but he stuck with her for a period of time um, that I don't think he had to. I think he was... Uh, and then on the bridge, like I said, I think there's this moment of realization that she's been fighting against a system as well that's wanted to keep her away from. Uh, and I think he starts believing that there really is someone who can help and maybe change and do something good for people, uh, which is why the disillusionment happens later in the film. And I, to, anyway, to me, it, it all worked and so you know when she comes back to him that's a big moment um and uh, you know the hug the hug also the the thing is there's a lot of things that are hard to communicate about this movie because i think it's really communicated visually mm. and I, I think it's communicated through the animation itself like that hug there's something so uh intimate about it that's so sweet when she you know when he forgives her that i think it's again like i said it's hard to communicate but it's just it's a great moment and so these all sold me, so I wanted to see how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to deal with the situation with the Predators? How are they going to unveil this big um, you know, conspiracy? And how are they going to like survive it? And so I was sold on the third act. I can see how if you were like, ugh, you know, <laughs> then why would you care about the third act? But I was invested in the characters. Fair enough. Um, so uh, the last thing I just wanted to mention was... Um, <laughs> so I feel like there's a um, I, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in the technical aspects of the movie but do you did you do you feel like this is a world that's worth because I feel like this this is even more than Frozen even more than Tangled or any of those or Wreck-It Ralph which are I think Frozen's probably getting a sequel or I think it did get a, it is getting mm-hmm. a sequel officially Wreck-It Ralph I think is, is definitely getting a sequel um and those are just like those aren't even like huge worlds. They're just like ideas and concepts. Uh, and Frozen's just a kingdom, you know. So I don't, it was really just it made a lot of money. Um, Zootopia, I think, has a world to it. Do you think it? Do you feel like it's a something that they're going to spin out into a franchise? I mean, uh, would you want to see that? Do you care? I 
Not necessarily with these characters, by the way. No, I, sure I, I know, be, but, but like, I think it just, it lacks, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I think it lacks the specificity necessary to carry on into a sequel. Like, you, if, you ha- if you build a world and you want to use that world in, in multiple you know, instances of media, it, it has to have certain rules and expectations. Um, so, like, even, like, the Cars universe... You know, you go in and, and the whole movie is, is sort of about us learning about, like, the daily lives of these cars and what they do here. But mm-hmm. in Zootopia, there's so few of those things. Like, it's just, like, this is a world... Like, what are the rules of Zootopia? This is a world where humans never existed, I don't think, and animals have evolved to a point where they they all are civilized and get along and then they built a city that has like biomes in it and like that's you know it's it it worked for this film but i i just can't see it being enough like you make another movie that's zootopia where do you set it you set it in zootopia or like no you said it you said it in the uh, nudist uh... <laughs> that was so, all right do you remember in that nude colony scene um there was like the elephant yoga doing yoga oh, yeah. and I, the whole time I was just like, where are its genitals? Because if you're going to call out the <laughs> fact that this elephant is naked and then like show me the part of her body where there's like supposed to be something like you can't just like yeah. rub it out and make it seem like it's okay. <laughs> so what you were looking for were more animal genitals, more elephant penises and vaginas would have made Zootopia okay. a better move. I mean, hey, whatever floats your boat. For me, you know, I'm fine with that not being in the movie. Like I said, a simple Google search, <laughs> you'll get what you need. Um, but no, I I will say this: the one I would say the nudist colony. Okay, I love, uh, I love the posters they did ahead of time for this, where they had like references to other movies, um, and they did. Uh, uh, so Tommy Chong plays the yeah. Jack, right? Um, and they did like I think it was like it was if. Fury Road, but they did it, or Matt Mad Yaks Fury Road or something. I don't know, some dumb thing. So like that was funny in the movie. It was so random. It was weird. Um and and it was I know it was like plot, you know, but the pro- I mean it was like filler. It was exposition of you know oh this is a witness in a case. Um that said, like that's how every crime drama goes. I have to they imagine that random places I have to imagine that that scene people. was a specific reference to some famous crime movie that I just haven't seen. I've got to imagine I that there's a precedent to, of doing th- going to like a weird like nudist oasis or even like drug oasis. To I don't know because if it's not, then it's just so strange. <laughs> I I think they just thought it would be funny to have naked animals, and then they were like, "Oh, we can't actually really do naked animals properly, so this will just be kind of a weird scene." Yeah, but it moves the plot forward, <laughs> so let's do it. Um, it, it, again, it's not a pro- for me, and not a. I think this so just to lay it out there i think this movie's great um and i and i don't i don't think that that scene is like a major uh, problem if i have a criticism of the film it's that i think so it runs at almost two hours or uh, yeah, 150 yeah. hours. 150 right so you know i don't have rules about run times i don't some people do um i've heard people say like oh if it's more than 90 minutes i don't have time for it <laughs> you know and i just for me it's it's all about you know, how it's paced and how it works. You know, it's it depends on the film and the story you're trying to tell. Uh, I do think you could cut the movie down a little bit. I think you could cut out the, like, the nudist thing. You could probably get a simplified and not have this. And it was intricate, too. They really had to animate Tommy Chong's yak with all the flies yeah. and the... It was, like, a lot of effort <laughs> for this, like, gag, which was, like, kind of amusing, kind of silly. And I did... There were laughs in the theater I was in, but, um, you know, I don't know how necessary it was. Or, again, the, the flashback scene for Nick, I don't know how... It, key it was literally the flashback scene for nick could have been flashing back to him like with a muzzle on and then it would have just been mysterious and you would have been like oh something happened to him mm-hmm. that's that's all you would need to know if you really wanted to do a flashback uh but then they do this sort of little extended thing but you know these are just little moments i think overall um it's pretty tight and it kept the ball rolling i know at no point during the film was i bored which you know sometimes happens but you're kind of like you know when's the finale gonna kick in sometime in the second act you're like ugh, you know um but i was i don't know i was sold on it um the, the one last thing i'll just say i think was kind of getting back to the metaphor thing um another thing i i liked about it is there was this like again all the characters are kind of awful in different ways and how they you know perpetrate these 
stereotypes, including Judy's parents. There's that scene where they're like, you know, you really can't trust foxes. Like we know that, right? Like they're bad. They're bad news. And the, and uh, you know, her mom's like, well, I don't know. Well, they are kind of, you know, mischievous or whatever they're saying. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is, they're <laughs> really going in on this. But I think it was um, an intentional, uh, again, I, at that point, I was still thinking that this was like a gender thing. So I was kind of trying to con- understand what they were trying to say. And in gender context, it's the exact opposite where they're talking about like men being sort of, you know, be careful out there. Men are, you know, bad. Uh, and then in the other, you know, it's like, well, it's the black communities, you know, you got to look out and be careful. So it's this weird sort of moment. Uh, but I think what's, what's interesting about it is it uh, talk, you know, it sort of discusses the, the, the communities, these characters are coming from where uh you know what judy it it sort of contextualizes the decision judy makes later where she just says something that's incredibly offensive and doesn't even realize how offensive it is um even though she's been trying not to do the wrong thing uh later on and i think that's something that happens you know with sort of ingrained you know white supremacy sort of stuff um so I, I think there were i think i think the movie is filled with lots of little cool moments like that and i think that it's it should be commended for it, and it's weird that it's so timely in a an election year like this, in a social year like this. It's a very weird, very weird timing uh, for this to come out. Again, I, without naming any specifics, the fact that they're talking about predators and the super predator yeah. thing has come out just around now, and then you know there's certain candidates and all. So all of it just, just, it just hit it just the right time, and I don't think in the two or three years it probably took to make this movie at least, um, you know, in the final steps where they're really finalizing things and actually producing it. I don't think they were anticipating this being so relevant. All right. So th- this is just, I guess what, what I'll say in closing, which is that like there were those moments in that film where maybe there's, you know, some message that's, that's valuable. Um, <laughs> you know, I know. And, and, Maybe there's something like especially the moment where Judy, you know, like blames it on their biology and then like immediately regrets, you know, what what she had just said and she sees the repercussions of her statement. But I think that if you're honestly trying to make a movie about these issues in the year 2016 and you're you're doing it with genuine intentions to make a positive social change, then you don't cast all white people and and you don't mix up these metaphors in in such a way that it that it's not clear to anyone and you certainly certainly don't make your main character a heroic member of the police force and i think uh that i i agree with you i think that casting uh two white leads was probably a poor choice um they did cast idris elba as the police chief which was i think an interesting move uh who's not a predator he is in fact prey, just big prey, Large and prey. that was a whole other thing that was right, which wasn't really explained in the film. And also, otters are predators. What? <laughs> um, so, uh, so there was that, and then there's also, but I also think that one of the main, and I don't know who Jennifer Jennifer Goodwin is, so I didn't really know much about her. Uh, but I was more, again, I think gender was a big issue in the movie, and I think that was something that was exemplified by the cast. But I am always in favor of more diverse casts, save for like absolute necessity and historical accuracy for some specific reason. But in a movie featuring animals, there's no reason for anyone to be of any sort of background. You can make them as diverse as you want, and they didn't, which I think is is notable, uh, especially in a movie tackling these issues. So I, I do agree with that. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's a, that's a good place to leave it. All right, cool. Well, so uh, you've heard both perspectives on Zootopia. Um, I don't know that we uh, have any sort of... Um, conclusion <laughs> on what what Zootopia is I will say that I I mean I I don't I don't want to speak for you but I think we'd probably both agree that it's worth seeing to at least definitely join the conversation yeah uh hate it don't hate it love it think it's great arguably one of the best Disney movies whatever <laughs> it's fine you don't have to agree with me it's 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 all good um I and by the way uh I did mention consensus and like people liking it at the beginning of this, but I, I really want to caution it. I don't read other people's reviews before I write mine. I occasionally look at tomato scores, uh, you know, and Rotten Tomatoes just for a quick snapshot of what people are saying. 
uh, but I really don't care what <laughs> the consensus is. I often agree with them. I often don't, um, and I, you know, it's it's ultimately irrelevant to me. So I, I don't want to give that impression at all. But I am happy in this case to have the predominance of the public on my side. <laughs> no big deal. All right. Well, this this has been a very enlightening conversation, and and thank you for having me on. Absolutely, and thank you so much for joining me. And um, be sure to tune in next time. We'll be, well, uh, Game of Thrones will be starting up soon, so we will be discussing Game of Thrones uh, weekly. Uh, I will be discussing with uh, Josh, and that'll be super exciting. It'll be our third year covering Game of Thrones. Let me guest on that sometime. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great. Um, And remember, the the show's premise was that Josh had read the books and I hadn't. It continues to be that, except I have... uh, because I still haven't read the books, uh, but the show has now moved beyond the books, so it's going to be a whole brave new world. Um, But yeah, absolutely, and uh, be sure to tune into that, and thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm.